Welcome, Boomexers. Let's throw out the old playbook. It's time to tear down the traditional way of looking at your life and money. And leverage the laws of money to our advantage. That's right. There are laws of money. And those who learn and leverage the laws of money win. And sometimes win big. Stay tuned as asset protection attorney Daryl Tuttle, educator and leader of the Boomex Nation, shows us how. Beginners, investors, entrepreneurs, fellow attorneys, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's arm this bomb. Now, here's the Boomex Show. The Laws of Money. Welcome to the Boomex Show Laws of Money podcast. I am still your host, Daryl Tuttle. In the last episode, prequel number two, I shared the experience of uh, my father dying, and that that death occurred in the last few months. Professionally, I have been assisting people in the death process for about a quarter century. First, as an estate planning attorney, as my game became professional, up I upped my level. I focused more and more on taxation, but also, in particular, asset protection as it relates to Medicaid, COPES, VA regulations. And so I, I'm i an expert in money and I'm an expert in death, death and money. And I've had some personal experiences. I witnessed my first death when I was three years old. And that particular event had an impact, um, of course, on me. For the longest time, I thought, am I really remembering this or um, I don't remember other events younger than age five or six. Why am I remembering this event? Is it because it was a dramatic, impactful event? But how does a three-year-old even know that? Well, turns out that uh, psychologists have now confirmed that childhood trauma is something that can be recalled even at a young age. Of course, I have reconciled that event. I wouldn't speak of it publicly if I had not and have learned a lot from it, actually. Um, It is, the government, put it this way, the government issues a birth certificate to you when you are born. And that certificate, they only issue another certificate about you. Again, there's two government-issued certificates about you your birth certificate and your death certificate. So if the government thinks those two events are significant and notable to issue a certificate that looks very similar, actually, the really the only difference between the two is the date of death block on the death certificate, then, you know, we, we can acknowledge that the end of a life has a lot, huge impact and can change the direction of a family, not just an event that ends a life. And that is really the theme of the law. The law transcends a lifetime. The law can assist you if you leverage it and understand it. You can use the law to extend the mortality of your wealth if you use your little noggin. However, the law has requirements. The law requires that these be met. Failure to meet the requirements of the law 
is at your peril. And so I will do my best so you can make a well-informed decision. When I was three years old, I sat in a pickup truck, and, and this would be back in the 19, about 68, 69, and before seatbelts were a big thing. So I sat in, in the middle seat of a pickup truck with my grandmother on my right and my grandfather on my left, and we were traveling from one town to another to um, visit relatives. And um, my grandfather uh, began to complain of heartburn and pulled over to a little AMPM, whatever version they have of that in the middle part of Washington State back in the late 60s and bought Rolaids. I mean, I can remember um, that. And um, we got back in the pickup truck and we tooled on down the road. Didn't make it very far until he pulled over again into a wide spot in the road and then uh, opened the pickup door. My grandmother and I remained in the pickup and he left the pickup door open. Uh, I would admit, I don't remember this exactly. Poppy didn't notice, but I don't recall if the pickup truck was still running or not. But it was an overcast day and um, my grandfather fell to the gravel ground, the, floor, the ground, and uh, never got up again. My grandmother couldn't drive. Uh, she is a Depression-era person, and I don't know what the disconnect was, but she's, she's, I've never, she's never driven a vehicle. So she ran out to the road and waved a car down, and um, this was before cell phones, of course, and so there was a time period in which she just laid there, and the ambulance eventually showed up. I can recall very vividly the EMTs, or whatever they called ambulance drivers back in those days, picked up uh, my grandfather. I, I recall that uh, the, one of the EMTs picked my grandfather up by his pant legs, not his ankles. And that was it. Um, and the point of that is not, not to be morbid, but to increase my credibility as someone who remembers the event. <laughs> if you can remember it in detail, you know, it's an overcast day and this, that, and the other thing. But, you, you know, that was... Um, Let's see, I was three years old. I'm now 55, so that 52 years ago. And I can't, 52 years, half a century. My grandmother is still alive. She's, um, I believe, around 98, 99 years old. She's lived another half of a century alone. Um, not, not alone, because what I've learned was that my father was a stubborn person who was not like many people back today, but maybe even more so back then, did not participate in, in any kind of financial planning or estate planning or any kind of planning at all. And so it fell upon the family to figure out how to bury him and where to bury him and what to do with his meager assets that he had. And the, the result was that my grandmother spent the rest of her life dependent upon relatives, family members, in particular her four daughters, and so my grandmother has always been a part, a big part of my life, but as a widow who was without the love of her family, home would have been homeless. Now, you know, fast forward to the man that I am today, about the same age as my grandfather. My grandfather died at age 54. I am 55. The ironic part of, of these ages that I'm throwing out to you 
is this. Um, I shared last episode that my father died a few months ago. However, in the preceding 12 months, two other men important to me had also died. One was my cousin. So my, my cousin was a person who was close to me as I was growing up, as close as thing as I've ever had to a brother. I'm an only child. But my cousin was like a brother to me when we were children. And he died unexpectedly, as you can imagine, at that young age when he was 55, but I was 54, the same age my grandfather died. And within a few months of my cousin's death, a close friend of mine passed away in a car accident. And he was 55 when I was 54. The uptick in mortality for white men, especially white men who are in professional services, is huge. Over 55 for men, things start to go wrong. And I've experienced it. Um, these three men, not my father, but my, grand, my grandfather and my cousin and friend died at the same age, basically, um, without any kind of warning, suddenly. And... I was, I can remember so clearly a uh, law school professor. He taught administrative law. He had to have been one of the most boring people I've ever met. It was absolutely torture to make it through that course. It, he was such a bad teacher. I can barely remember anything. But he has, he made one sentence that I've always remembered. And for that, he perhaps maybe has made a bigger impact on me than the teachers that I did pay attention to. And, and I can remember him holding the podium left and right hand in law school saying, you should never reason anecdotally, you should reason empirically. In other words, don't make a decision based upon a story, based upon averages and numbers and, and what science research tells us about aggregate experience, not just one experience. And so to bolster my argument, I will point out that I'm also a death attorney. And so I have represented hundreds of, maybe, maybe over a thousand clients in my career on this topic. And there are definitely patterns. I mean, more of my clients have passed away in their 80s than their 50s. I am here to tell you what's devastating is a death that you do not expect or disability that you do not expect, or just normal age-related dementia in which the, the planning process breaks down. My four decades, my family, when they lost the financial leader who was my grandfather, disarray ensued and impacted my grandmother and even my own mother and therefore me because of reliance upon one person who, who, who essentially held it together only during his lifetime through the force of his personality. But as soon as his heart stopped beating, as soon as he fell to the gravelly ground that day on an overcast road in central part of Washington state, everything changed. The course of people's lives changed. He looked at money 
as ending with his lifetime, and it did. I don't want that to happen to you. I do not want that to happen to you. If you want to know why my grandfather died, I have an answer. My grandfather's last name was Kelly, and he had blue eyes and um, reddish hair, which means that he was Irish, of Irish descent. That is well documented. Irish people um, in the Middle Ages, due to an iron-poor diet, maybe at the potato famine, I don't really know, but a mutation occurred for survival purposes, and, and Irish Americans have a high prevalence of a disease, a blood disease called hemochromatosis, which is Greek for um, iron overload disease. I mean, it makes sense. Iron poor diet, there's a mutation, and you just cling on and hold on to every little speck of iron that you can ingest. However, when the potato famine is over, now you have a problem because there are Irish descendants who accumulate iron and... If they are not treated, they die if a male on average of age 57. My grandfather died at age 54. Of course, he was undiagnosed, untreated, but I know now that he passed away from iron overload disease because the cause of death is usually liver cirrhosis, failure, or a uh, heart attack. And I have inherited this uh, gene from my, from my grandfather, and I have inherited this lovely Irish blood disease. But I'm treated and diagnosed, and, and uh, I have a normal life expectancy. Once again, another example of medical science denying us, or at least me, my genetic right to be dead in two years. Now I get to live another 20, 25, 30 years if I treat myself well. <laughs> and longevity for for money can be a problem. We'll talk a lot about that on the show and my views on how to deal with it. But that was the cause of my father's death. And um, let's look at this part of the podcast episode as public service announcement because I have something to say about medical science as it uh, handles and diagnoses this particular disorder that was so impactful and devastating on my family. Music means we have to take a break. Just hang tight. We'll be back right after this. From years of hosting the Boom X Show, I know that often listeners feel like they're sipping water from a fire hydrant. You might have a question. You might have a suggestion. But how to reach us? At one point, we considered using Pony Express. Carrier pitching is another idea. Also, we looked briefly at smoke signals. But in the end, we decided that a free online community would be far easier. That's why we created a community, a community of Boom Xers, a nation. I know, we'll call it Boom X Nation. The free online community at BoomXNation.com is a perfect way to ask questions about the laws of money, about upcoming events about financial wealth building and asset protection without cleaning up after pigeons and feeding horses and sending letters through the mail. Membership is now open and free at BoomX Nation. All you have to do is register at BoomXNation.com. Once again, that's BoomXNation.com.
Welcome back to the Boom X Show. I'm still here. <laughs> Please take that um, commercial seriously. I'll, I'm a promo. I'm going to talk more about what it means to be a hero to your family, what we have put together for you at BoomXNation.com, or you can go to BoomXShow.com to learn more about it. But it involves education. It involves digital courses and a wonderful solution to all these problems, actually. But um, when I was uh, a younger man, I decided that I had to serve my country. And I'm so glad that I did. That that was an event that changed my life in so many ways in, in such a positive, hard, hard sweat. <laughs> I'm not saying it was easy because it was not. However, back in 1984, that's how old I am, boot camp, um, I learned that, that uh, man, I could run like the wind blows back then. Still can, actually. Um, I was 120 pounds. <laughs> I'm in Puerto Rico right now, and I uh, had to pick up, got, I had, got to pick up a uh, friend of mine at the airport, and she is British but currently lives in Australia. And uh, some, for some reason, I was sharing this story of, of of being 120 pounds at boot camp. I, I don't know why it came up, but it did. And I said, up 120 pounds. And she commented, I'm used to um, kilometers. Is it kilometers? Um, kilograms, whatever metric system they use. Now I'm embarrassed because I could. <laughs> you know, that's like how distinct the two systems are. She said, she's, I don't know what 120 pounds is. And so I said, hmm. Okay, so um, imagine a skeleton with some organs, a brain, and some skin on it. <laughs> that's that's 120 pounds. But when you're that light, you can run like the wind blows. And so um, I was able to, in the PT test, physical fitness test for our, our uh, basic training, I was one of the few people who obtained a perfect score. And... Um, as I've aged, I've just, I've just really enjoyed suffering like an animal. And so I've run marathons and an ultra marathon. And then I took up bicycle racing, which is the most grueling, dangerous, painful sport you can imagine. And um, it saved my life. And here's why. One year I ran the Seattle Marathon. And it happened to be two days before... I was scheduled to take a blood to uh, offer my blood for a life insurance policy. And a few weeks after I submitted my blood, the results came back and it, I was denied insurance. Well, I'm an estate planning attorney. I, we use life insurance for irrevocable life insurance trust wealth replacement as an alternative to long-term care policies all the time. And I know, holy Margo, if you just run a marathon and they, you, you're going to die, dude. <laughs> this is like super bad news. And what was weird is I had just had a physical a month prior in which I was given a clean bill of health and, and compliments on how fit I was. So I called the, the doc back and said, I want my money back because you said I was good to go. And the life insurance policy says I'm going to die any minute. What's up? What's up, dude? Well, of course, they said, well, come back in. And here's what I learned. Health insurance will pay for some things because based on percentages. There is a test of, uh, of testing blood during a physical for ferritin, 
which is an iron protein, is not usually part of what health insurance will pay for, and therefore physicians, when they do a physical, don't check for it. Well, 10% of y'all probably have iron overload disease, and there is no general screening for it. I was lucky because only but for the life insurance denial would we have gone and done a fuller blood panel. So I get the call. Here's the way it went. So Daryl, I got your results back. I got good news and bad news. And I'm like, <laughs> like I, did you literally just say that to me? Like, where's your bedside manner? Okay, give me the good news. Good news is you're not you're not going to die. I mean, the reason your your blood enzymes were all messed up for the life insurance test is you just ran a marathon. Your body started to cannibalize itself. <laughs> I love that. Like that is cool, man. Endurance athletes, we you have to understand our mentality. I go, okay. So give me the bad news. The bad news is uh, because we did the fuller blood panel, you have hemochromatosis. And I'm like, get out of here. First of all, I don't even know what that is. And uh, I, of course, didn't really believe it um, until I got off the phone and, and called a buddy of mine. I reached the age where I hang out with doctors. Some of them are specialists. This guy was a pulmonologist and a wicked smart dude, and he had graduated from Berkeley. And that sounds good to me. Berkeley, that's where the smart kids go. So I call him up. He, he's notorious for his bad bedside manner. And... Um, I said, look, the doctor said I had hemochromatosis, iron overload disease. Do you know what that is? Yeah, sure, I know what that is. They cover that in medical school. I'm like, well, good. I'm, were you paying attention that day? Yes, I was. Okay, well, good. He goes, what was your uh, ferritin? And so I said, 967. And his response was, holy blank. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. That's At that moment, I realized, in that moment of candor, a good friend of mine, reacted that way and so <laughs> let's wrap this up if you're irish american ask to have a ferritin test if you're not irish american just realize but for an odd set of circumstances i too would have been destined for a death like my grandfather i was diagnosed in my late 40s so there you go I am treated now. I have full life expectancy. If you ever meet me, my blood disease is not contagious. You can shake my hand. However, what if I had died suddenly? The long silence you are hearing is the resonating importance of that question. What is the one thing that we can do to be a hero to our family? You might be the expert in your family, on annuities. Maybe you like deferred taxation. You might know everything to know about the stock market, timing, and buying this, that, the bond, the mutual funds. You might know the difference between qualified and non-qualified accounts. You might know that you receive a step up in capital gains tax treatment basis if and when you pass away. I doubt you know that that amazing capital gains tax savings, the, the crown jewel of gifts in the tax code, is twice as good in a community property state as a non-community property state, and you could establish a trust in a community property state. Okay, so th those complicated tax rules aside, maybe you know all of that. 
Maybe your brain is like investing in the, the most awesome, expensive hard drive in the world. But man, if you can't take that hard drive out and pass it on to your surviving spouse so she knows what an annuity is or he knows what a qualified account is, you just made a bonehead heir that is going to bring you back to square one in some cases or at least make it stressful and miserable in all cases. The mistake that was made is just like there are four components. Meeting the legal requirements. Having an investment policy statement that is customized for particular purposes. Educating everybody in the family so they know what's going on. And then continuity so it continues forever. And that requires dissemination and communication to the family so they, so they know what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Don't look at your money as temporal ending with your life. Look at it as something that can go on and on and on for your descendants if you love them <laughs> in concept or in reality. Now, the thing is, I can't blame my grandfather too much. I mean, you know, 1968, 69, who knew anything back then? I mean, there wasn't the internet. It wasn't easy. I do blame my father. He was a computer programmer. He had a company that, uh, he was a pilot by trade, but um, he was a computer programmer and had created a um, flight programming and weather analysis system that was amazing. And, but yet he could not leverage the internet to help his family uh, upon his death because he refused to do so because that's just the way it's going to be. Stubborn, private, weird, archaic, non-productive, and in the death, embarrassing mindset that caused him to fail and to victimize his family, myself included. I've seen my clients come into the, my firm. I've seen, I can think of... Um, just case after case after case of people just refusing to pull the trigger and move forward. I don't want that to happen to you. And so let's like make it easy. Like what is the one thing, the first thing that you can do that is easy, that takes care of education and continuity, which in, in hindsight, it should, the first thing you should do is continuity planning, education and continuity planning before you get to Technical estate planning. Estate planning is pushed down your throat because lawyers want to charge you a bunch of money for expensive pieces of paper with fancy words on it that can that are important. The law has requirements that must be met. But the most important thing that you can do that is so easy with the system I have set up for you, I mean that sincerely. I wish you could see my face. With the system that I have set up for you, it, it this is is the one thing I wish my grandfather had done. This is the one thing I am angry at my father for not doing. And here's the way it works. We gotta take a break. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Boom Xers, Daryl Tuttle here. We all wanna take care of our families. Being a hero to our families can sometimes be a little bit intimidating. Conquering the paperwork, understanding the account statements. What is the first step? For years, I would say, you have to meet the law's requirements. You must first start with legal documents. Well, of course I would say that. I'm a lawyer. But now, in hindsight, I realize that meeting the law's requirements without the proper system in place 
to, in a sense, have a place for the legal documents to exist and reside, along with your financial information, along with all of the important information about you and your plan to build family wealth is meaningless. But where to start? Start by first organizing and conquering paperwork clutter. That's why I put together the Boom X Vault and Everplan system. This online and completely secure digital portal allows you to upload all of your important information, your financial information, your legal information, your legal documents. On top of it, I've added the ability for you to add family members, decision makers to the portal, the financial command post, shall we say, so that when the time comes, everyone has the right information at the right time. Let me show you how the BoomX Vault Everplan system worked. Go to boomxshow.online to learn more. I have added helpful step-by-step -step guides, checklists, and an online community. That's boomxshow.online, boomxshow.online. Welcome back. The one thing, the easy thing that you can do is go to boomxshow.com, go to boomxnation.com. It does not matter. Boomx Vault I have made for you and the Everplan system I have made for you. We have different membership levels and all you have to do is go there and watch a little video in which I explain it and then decide can you put a little effort into uploading to the system, the vault, any legal documents that you have right now? It doesn't matter if they need to be revised later. Just forget about that part. If you don't have legal documents yet, forget about that part. I want you to have them, but if you don't have them yet, just don't worry about it. But let's imagine you did. Upload your last will and testament so it's in this portal. Your power of attorney. If you end up splayed out over... Um, high, um, I-5 or whatever highways near you in a car accident like my friend was and survive when you get to the hospital the first thing they're going to ask you is what is your name the second thing they're going to ask you is there a power of attorney so we who's the decision maker who's calling the shots who do we need to contact do you have property agreements that's important and who are the names of all the people that we should notify that you've been in this accident? Who are the decision makers? Who is your financial advisor? Who are, who's your lawyer? What's their phone number? Then I want you to upload, like, this is my account statement. And if you don't have an account statement, at least say I have a life insurance policy at John Hancock. Did you know there's over $65 billion of unclaimed property in America today? 65 billion. You know why? Because people forget, I am not kidding you, I've seen it over and over and over again. You cannot believe it, but people forget, because of dementia, that they own assets and they never told anybody. Annuity companies, life insurance companies only send out written account statements usually once a year, and now everything's rolled over to paperless. How many times have you forgotten your password to an account? Do you have passwords written on a piece of paper somewhere hidden on your desk? in a file cabinet? Do you? I bet you do. Is, is that list up to date? We have a military grade encryption system for password security 
in one of the levels. We have a system so you can easily upload everything to make continuity easy. For example, in Washington State, where I'm from, did you know that 70% of Washingtonians prefer to be cremated? But in Kentucky, only 30% want to be cremated? If you pass away, what's the plan? Does pe do people know? Do you want to be sprinkled at sea? If I was in Puerto Rico and passed away, absolutely. <laughs> if I was in uh, Kentucky, apparently not. There are only two types of people in the world, Elvis fans and Beatles fans. If you win a memorial and your daughter's a Beatles fan and you don't say, you better be playing the king of rock and roll, guess what's going to be playing at your memorial? <laughs> I mean, like, so it's like, let's make it easy for our family. Let's give them instructions on what to do. Just because you know about estate planning and capital gains taxation does not mean that your oldest son, who you want to be in charge of the funeral and the probate and administration, doesn't mean they know. Now, you do have to invest a few hours to upload this information, but I've given you the template and I've given you all the information that you need to make it happen. Go to BoomXShow.com to learn more. I want you to be a hero to your family. The second law of money. Without a captain, the financial ship will ground upon the shoulders. Your family is like a ship's crew. Each hand has a role that is unique to them, but the crew is part of the ship and the ship's rudder must have a captain. Have you had a family meeting about the family wealth? Does each member of the crew know the destination, the route? Can all navigate by the stars? If not, why not? Maybe the second law of money, the ship always needs a captain. captain.